Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on episode 12, season four of the standoff of Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday throughout the season. Even Richie, uh, well, it was a bit of a mixed bag, some big wins, some close line, close matches, and a very wet Warriors defeat. How was your weekend, firstly, and what did you think of round nine? Hey, evening, Brad. My weekend was good, apart from the Warriors game result, but, you know, we we'll have to live with that otherwise i thought the round was pretty exciting some pretty out there results um particularly the tigers panthers game which was a great watch um yeah how was your weekend yeah apart from sitting in that weather uh it wasn't too bad um very very cold very wet um but yeah enjoyable round apart from that loss i think yeah. it was great watching the tigers um uh, yeah, we'll talk about it a bit more when we get to that game. But yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. And unfortunately, um, the one time I decided to back the Dragons, it blew up in my face. So um, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to it when we get to it, though. So um, while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at 8pm, we'll also catch our show at your convenience on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and all those places. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, We'll then review round nine and update on our tips. We'll then stop and answer some questions from you guys as well as questions we've got for each other before previewing Magic Round and making our picks. And then um, not really much in Super League because they they had the, the week off, but um, we'll do a quick rundown of the, the upcoming matches um, for the Super League. But, yeah, remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show. Um, Paul... Um, had better things to do, so he's not here. So I'm running this show in the background as well. So we'll be a bit, um, there won't be all the awesome graphics that he loves to throw up. But um, yeah, I'll do my best to keep an eye on all the, the comments. I see Mikey and, and Simon are on board. Um, but yeah, we may as well just get straight into it, Richie. Yep, let's go, mate. Um, first one, we've talked about it a bit um, the past few weeks, but it's now official. England are going to host Tonga in a three test series. Um, I've done a quick uh, jot of what's happening. So on 22nd of October in St. Helens, they'll play. 
then in Uddersfield on October 28th, and then they'll end up in Leeds on the 4th of November. So um, I had a whole lot of um, quotes from Christian Wolf and the like, but one of the big ones that I noticed was because he was kind of asked about that four nations that we've been talking about mm. and, um, you know, why pick England over there? And he basically said that England came with an offer. The four nations thing is just rumours at the moment and there's no plan. So, you know, take the offer that's on the table, um, which I think is a wise decision. You know, the last thing you want to do is say no to England and then you find out that the um, Kiwis and the Kangaroos haven't got a four nations ready for you to go at the end of the year. But um, what do you take? What's your thought on it? I think they said it was the first time a second tier mm. club's done a Northern Hemisphere tour. So um, great to see Tonga do that. They they want to go back for a bit of revenge after their disappointing end to the World Cup. But um, what's your take on, on the England-Tonga series? Oh, great news, mate. I... I'm a big fan of the news. I I will eagerly await that series. I think it'll be a, a very competitive series. I think it'll be a really good watch. So me, yourself and, and I have always, you know, banged the drum of international footy. So I'm really excited about that. Would love to see something similar with maybe the Kiwis do a series against Samoa. And, and you know, I'm sure it could sell out Mount Smart. Just chop off Australia, they don't seem to be too interested. Yeah, I I think it's always um the international games are always falling behind, mainly due to Australia and my opinion, if it's right or wrong, um you can discuss that with yourselves. But um they don't care. It's it's origin or nothing for them. Um so yeah, New Zealand really needs to be a bit more proactive. I don't know the ins and outs in the in the business room. Um with how they arrange it. But yeah, if Samoa is willing to go, um, yeah, I think the very same thing, a three test series in New Zealand with Samoa would be great if mm -hmm. Australia just aren't interested. Um, or even if you want to do just a, a tri series and bring Papua New Guinea into it, because they're always champion at the bit to represent the, um, their country and play. So yeah. Um, yeah. Just screw the Aussies and play internationals without them. Um, it's what we were doing. It's why they fell so far down in the rankings when it came to the World Cup because they just didn't play. Yeah. But, um, yeah, interesting to see. Hopefully we'll have some more news in the upcoming weeks about what Samoa, the Kiwis, Papua New Guinea will be doing. But hopefully there is something penciled in for them at the end of the year as well. But we'll um, we'll keep up to that. And I see um, Jacko and, and Hammer are here as well. Evening, guys. Um, guys. Next bit of news. Um I have to talk about it, but I'll let you basically do all of it. The NRLs awarded the Dragons dispensation um, for the total amount of um, oh, I, Cody Ramsey. I put Cody Walker's name in here in my <laughs> notes, which is great. Um, Cody Ramsey, um, since he's not available to play for the entire season, no word on um, how they're going to use it. It's rumored to be around 350, 400K. Um, it's it's a good i guess it, it was unfortunate for him um being ruled out and it will help the dragon i don't know what uh, who will they grab it's not like there's anyone sitting there that they could just pick up but um what do you reckon do you reckon they're going to actually use it they, they kind of have to now if they've requested dispensation they have to use it yeah i assume they probably have some kind of plan in place if they requested that dispensation they probably they probably have a little short list of players that they want to go after. 
Um, yeah, I really feel for Cody Ramsey first and foremost, you, you know, but um, it's opened the door for Tyrell Sloan as well, who's playing pretty good footy. But, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see who their target is, um, you know, and whether or not they're, they would be pushing for a first-grade spot. Depends who who they who they were able to get. Yeah, and um, Jacko said they should get Sam Walker as a lone player. Um, there is, I didn't really put it in the news, but there is a lot of talk about Sam Walker and a lot of teams want him since he's not wanted in first grade at the moment for the Roosters. Still didn't make it even with some, um, they lost a centre this week and they still decided to um, keep their centre and Joseph Mato in the halves and keep Sam Walker out. Um, I went to the... Um, the New South Wales Cup game before the first grade game at Mount Smart and got to watch Sam playing in New South Wales Cup. And he looked fine to me. He, I think he's a talented player. Um, I, I, it's just the Roosters kind of reputation since Cooper Cronk left. They kind of have a youngster in the halves and they yeah. throw all, all the expectation on their shoulders. And then if they're not hitting a 10 out of 10 every week, they get cast aside. So um, I think he he's a talent, and I don't see the Roosters letting him go. Um, he was um, he was looking good in that cup game up until he had to go off, go off yeah. hurt before coming back. So um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't I, see I, the Roosters letting him go though. No, I'm actually surprised he didn't get named this week with Momorowski hurt. I thought that would surely mean Manu back out to centres, but hey, Robbo knows better than us, I guess. Yeah, well, that's why we sit here. And he's a head coach. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens when um, when all the dust settles at the Roosters with that stuff. But, yeah, Jacko agreed saying he thought um, he played well in the cup game and he's a yeah. first grader for sure. So, yeah, I, I think he'll buy his time and come back. But um, next bit of news, I'm still waiting for more. But um, the Rabbitohs made an error um, with their interchange and they had 14 players on the field for a brief period of time. I think it was only like 20 seconds. Yeah. or something. Um, the NRO are apparently investigating it and will decide if a punishment's needed. They haven't said anything yet, but it is interesting because there has been previous times in the NRO that... With the, with the Warriors, too. <laughs> Warriors in their first year, um, yeah. where it didn't have an effect on the game, but because they had it, they were deducted two points. Um, I can't remember. There was one a few years ago. Same situation, got deducted points. Um, but yeah, the fact that it's been, you know, almost a week and the NRL haven't made a decision or an announcement is interesting. I don't really care one way or the other. It's not like they've actually got those interchange officials on the sideline that manage it. So I don't yeah. know how it happened to begin with, mm. um, which is probably why it's taking so long because in the old days, you didn't have that person that managed it. So it's, you could kind of say it's on them more than the club the club makes the interchange they're meant to say okay he's off get on didn't happen but yeah what's your take on it and do you think there'll be a punishment i i heard rumor that it might be it might be just a fine um if that's the case I'm, I'm all good with that i don't it was only what like you say 20 seconds nothing significant happened in that time frame they did most of the damage when it was 13 on 13. Uh, yeah, so I'd be happy with a fine if that's if that's where they where they ended up. But like you say, who who takes all the blame? Is, is some of it on the 
interchange official as well that's supposed to monitor it? Yeah, well, I'd say it's almost all on them because the coaches make the decision and then the interchange official, you know, basically holds the player's hand, you know, takes them to the sideline and then makes the, tells them when to go on. So, mm. um, but yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. But um, yeah, hopefully we've actually got a decision by the time we do our show next week. Yeah. Um, next bit of news, um, it's, it's, it's very murky, um, Richie, so... I, it's probably not even used anymore, but there's been a lot of noise about the Seagulls signing um, Kyle Flanagan from the Bulldogs for the rest of the season. Both sides have denied the rumour, um, but, you know, there's usually where there's smoke, there's fire. New news is saying that the Bulldogs were only interested if they got a player in re, um, return, but Phil Gould's come out on Twitter, as he loves to do, and responded, rubbishing the claims. He had, like, a huge... Um, message that he wanted to let us all know. Um, yeah, saying it's all incorrect and criticised the media for making up lies. I don't know where to sit with it because I've seen Gould have this kind of tirade before and then what the media have said happens. So he has in the past denied stuff that has come out. But mm. on the other hand, the media, when it comes to NRL, does say a lot of things that don't eventuate. So... Um, yeah, what's your take on it? And do you think Flanagan will, you know, end up away from the Bulldogs? Gould seemed to make it sound like he's part of their plans for the future, which I don't believe anyway. But yeah, I I, I find that hard to believe because they've they've shifted Burton to seven, and you know I don't know if that's just a form decision whether they think Flanagan just needed some time, but I don't know where. Manly would play Flanagan if they were to pursue him when they've got uh, Cherry Evans, Schuster, Johns. Who knows what's happening with Schuster right now? He's fighting his teammates. Um, yeah. That's later uh, on in the news. You're spoiling it already. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, interesting, interesting to see Mikey thinks Flanagan might, might be a hooker. Don't know. Maybe there's something in that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's I just wanted to mention it because it's been something that's kind of been taking up the the social media space since our last show. So you've got to mention it to stay relevant, you know. But um, I'm sure there'll be we'll probably be announcing that he's um, going to be um, a, a manly player by next week. You watch, yeah. Um, yeah, Simon said he's not very keen. Peter Vlandes with the suggestion of having a second team in Melbourne doesn't think it's a good idea. Yeah, I didn't even have that in the news. Um, I've kind of got a mental block when it comes to Peter Vlandes. Whenever he says something, I don't tend to listen anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we've kind of, we're, I'm a bit more indecisive about the idea of there being a second New Zealand team. And I think that's more logical than having a second team in Melbourne. Um, it's it's going back to what I said last week or maybe the week before with Philandis, where everything's a, a pissing contest. Yeah. He, he knows that you know Melbourne's all about AFL. And he's like he thinks more teams. Yeah. It doesn't work. You you still don't get the big crowds AFL does in Melbourne, even when you've got one of the best teams in the NRL. Having a second team there is not going to make it any better. Um, they're just going to be cannibalizing each other, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they're going to do, yeah, and um, Simon said, yeah, Western Australia or Adelaide, best case. Yeah, I think you need to take it to a new market. Um, 
if you want to grow it, going to the same market over and over again is not going to grow you. Um, mm. No, you know, but the former front rower thinks he's a halfback and now a, a business analyst for the NRL. <laughs> but um, yeah, it makes more sense to be taking it to places where they haven't got a foothold. Um, but yeah, what's what's your take on that? I know it wasn't on my news notes for mm. you, but you can you can freestyle. It's fine. Yeah, I I don't understand the logic. I'm very much the same as you, Simon. I don't understand the logic of a second team out of Melbourne. I, you, the Melbourne Storm do okay because they're very successful, but I think putting another another franchise there, you'd be very hard pressed to get them as successful as the Storm are, and you're just yeah. diluting the diluting the supporter base. Um, Western Australia is a good one, like Simon said. I think you know, uh, untapped market, nice stadium there. Um, time zones might be a bit niggly, but uh, yeah, I'm sure they'd find a way around that. Yeah, time zones niggly, but they want to start next season in America where the time zones are way off as well. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting, but yeah, Villandis, um, I think he's still living off a lot of what he did during COVID and helping keep things going, but. He, he just seems like a little kid at times, um, just trying to do the, you know, look at us, look at us, where they they don't need to do that. I know, I'm not sure in the Australian space, if, if Ham is still here, he might be able to give us a bit more of an input, but I feel like the NRL is not winning the race, but is getting better in terms of the space in New Zealand with Union. Like, yeah, the All Blacks are the All Blacks, but... You look at the games the Warriors have had at Mount Smart compared to the Super Rugby games um, in terms of crowd levels and all that. I think viewership as well. The NRL is beating Super Rugby in New Zealand. So they're kind of winning that market already. And that's just by letting them actually play in New Zealand. Shock horror. But, yeah, um, yeah it's going to be interesting. But, yeah, Volandis, I think, needs to get his ego in check and actually focus more on making the game bigger and not his own name bigger um yep fully ruining any chance of me working for the nrl now but you know it is is. (laughs) um yeah and and simon said um he doesn't think he's a good chairman um with the nrl yeah i i just think he's he likes the sound of his voice too much which is very hypocritical of myself but um yeah i think he just likes to hear himself talk um and yeah, and Jacko said Storm's been in Melbourne for 20 years and barely made a dent in AFL's dominance. Even the crowds aren't that big. Like, the biggest crowd they get every year is the Anzac game. It's a special occasion. All the expat Kiwis go in because they want to watch the Warriors. I used to, I think I used to tell you all the time, I always found it funny that the Warriors would go to play Melbourne and you'd always hear Warriors chants in Melbourne Stadium. That's, yeah. that's showing that there's technically more... Um, fans for the away team than the home team, which isn't ideal. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just a successful team and they just don't have as much support as you would imagine you would if you're as dominant as they've been. Yeah. But but yeah, we're, we're going off on a segue here because Paul's not here to, to reel us in. But <laughs> next, next bit of news, um, I know we're going to talk about Schuster a little bit, but um, the first bit of news from Manly was Jeff Toby um, is returning to the club. He, he's going back as a junior development coach. Um, 
Such clear he loves the club. I don't know if I would go back after how he was treated in his exit, but he wants to go back. Um, what's what's your take? They must be on amicable, amicable terms, him and the club, to have got this deal over the line, though. And um, like you say, I think he's he loves the club, and that goes a long way. Um, I'm sure he'd put a lot of passion into the role of developing the young talent out of there so good good happy days for them yeah, yeah and um simon talking about melbourne's to be fair melbourne's had multiple generations to build a fan base um compared to sydney which has had centuries um yeah yeah, yeah that's true um but yeah i still don't think a second team's going to help um Got another bit. It's very interesting. I watch every every Monday. I watch it, Richie. Um, Graham Ellerslie's little. Um, oh yeah. I'm sorry, party um, yep. that he does on Mondays. Um, I watch it because I'm always interested to see um, things that I saw that I disagreed with to see if he is going to say the same thing or not. Um, they actually made um, an omission of guilt. Um, not for the Warriors game, though, surprisingly. Um, but he admitted that the officials missed a knock-on from Raider Hudson Young um, during Golden Point in the Raiders-Dolphins game. I've got a quote from him here saying, I wish we could change that decision so the outcome's determined entirely by the players. It's disappointing for us when a decision made by the official brings into question the outcome of the game. Um What's your take on it? Because I know we talk a lot about some of the questionable decisions um, made in Warriors games that don't seem to get this level of attention. You know, Golden Point is a very different situation. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, every little um, detail matters. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What What's your take on on the decision first? And yeah. Then the, Ale- the decision was wrong. Um, yeah. They, they were backed into a corner. There is. Nothing he could have done except admit that a mistake was made and apologize for it. I feel sorry for the Dolphins because as a Warriors fan, we've had a fair few um, apology Mondays and they never feel good. They don't. No. They don't. They don't fix it. Um, you know, nobody wins really. Yeah, um, yeah, it's be horrible for them. Um, I feel for them there. Um, I thought I, I'll air a little bit on the official. I thought the knock-on in real time was a little bit harder to see than some of the yeah. knock-ons that they got away with um, in the Roosters Warriors game. The bunker but, should see uh, it though. The bunker should see it, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I think I in my review of the Warriors game, I, I mentioned the officials not in a you know they screwed us out of the game like everyone likes to say, but just. There's so many games. There's eight games a week, and there's always two or three moments in every game where you go, I don't know how they made that decision. Um, so taking bias as a Warriors fan out off the or, table. Um, or non-decision as it may be. Like, or, yeah, there was, a, there was a knock-on in the Warriors game from Tedesco that I think everybody except the officials saw. Yeah. Um, and then there was, like, um, yeah, there's calls in every game, and I don't know how they're going to fix it. I think I've said on here in previous seasons, I feel like the refs should be treated like the players. Like if you make a big mistake, you get dropped. Happens every now and then, but it really needs to be a real bad blooper for that to happen. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, K 
coming out and saying, yeah, we made a mistake, but we're human. I do understand that, but then it doesn't seem to be anything the other way. Um, yeah, Jacko, yeah, Jacko said, um, Ellerslie would um, make a great politician. Yeah. Um, but he, he admits there's a problem, but he, there's no, nothing that they show us that they're actually trying to make it better. You know, the referees, as much as we like to say it, the referees aren't out there to try to screw teams over maybe. Um, but, um, yeah, if they're not being helped in a way, um, but yeah, it's a double-edged sword. You could say the bunker should have seen it, but then when the bunker steps in at times, they either get it wrong or we say they're relying on the bunker too yeah, much. Yeah, people complain. It's yeah. There, there's always um, pluses and minuses both ways, but hopefully we see some action at some point. What happens, I don't know. But um, continuing with the official talk, though, Richie. Um, Bulldog Josh Reynolds has been charged with a grade one <laughs> contrary conduct for saying bullshit to a referee after he made a decision. He's been fined a thousand dollars. What's your take on it? I thought it was funny, <laughs> and I thought the referee he's in his rights to say you can't speak to me like that, but I felt the way he reacted to what was said was a bit of an overreaction. Um, we Adam Fanua Black before he was a warrior said something that was probably or is a lot worse, and the referee yep. didn't react as bad. He kind of told him to pull his head in and sent him away. But, um, yeah, he it looked like a, a stroppy little kid, saying, like, how dare you speak to me like that? I'm talking to your mother right now. It, it just it felt comical, which kind of took away um, from how serious it, they may have believed it was. But what's your take on it? It was hilarious. Everybody knows Josh Reynolds is like that. His nickname isn't Grub for nothing. Um, yeah, should he have said that to the ref? Maybe not, but I think, yeah, the ref blew up a, a, a wee bit more than he should have. I don't, I don't think it was, you know, just a you watch the way you speak to me, Josh, would have been fine, but he... He went all yeah. headma- he went all headmaster on him. It was quite funny. He did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and yeah, Jacko said Atkins has got a very thin skin. He does. Um, but yeah, I thought he went over the top. You shouldn't say that, I guess, but saying like if there's a call and you go, Oh, that's bullshit. I don't think that's as bad. It's not like he there's been players out there that have said you're screwing us here in less polite words and haven't had that type of reaction. They've been told, look, pull your head in or I'll send you to the bin. Mm. But yeah, it was more the reaction. Um, and uh, Nicholas is here, and he said it's surely it's possible to referee a match of rugby league in an objectively unbiased manner. Why must referees pick sides to afford bias to? They need to do that. They're poor referees. Yeah, I don't have it here, but I saw it on social media. There was a guy who used to be a ref, used to be a professional ref. He's a he's a coach for a club now. They were having a game. It's like minor league stuff, you know, lower grades. They arrived for the game. The ref didn't show up. He refereed the game for the team that he coached. His team lost. I think it was a 1-1 penalty count. And everyone was praising how down the middle he was. And he basically said, that's a referee's job. You know, it shouldn't matter. Um, and, yeah, I, I think they do have a problem with that. Um, I, Henry Perinara, you know, the only Kiwi kind of ref, I always felt he had an extra... 
um, penalty or two in his pocket against the Warriors, in my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, it's it needs to be yeah looked at. I'm sure there's stats that people can look at and go when this. I think that you've seen it in times where they go this referee when he's ref this team, they've lost sixty percent of the time. And they've always lost the penalty count. I'm sure there is a bias in there, but yeah, there shouldn't be. It's your job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. And Mikey said refs under the pump from higher up. Yeah, I don't think they are though, because I don't see anything happening. But we don't see behind closed doors, so they might have more pressure on them. But um, I do feel for them. You know, they'll get sat down in a meeting this week and get told like. A few years ago with Magic Round, okay, guys, if this happens, it needs to be a bin. And it's something that everyone hasn't played to for the past nine games, oh, nine rounds. So I do feel for them that it's a big, big job. But yeah, if you don't, can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen, as they say. Um, next bit, you talked about it already, though, Richie. Um, but Josh Schuster, he got into a punch up at training um, with a teammate. And um, it was over something like the something manly do if someone has a bad haircut they slap them on the back of the head or something and he slapped someone a bit too hard um and got into a, a punch-up that um i think they said um olio um had to pull them apart but um former manly pathways manager christy fulton blasted Schuster saying that his attitude needs to change. He needs to grow up and take ownership of his decisions, saying basically, you know, he's not putting the effort in. Um, I think we've had comments earlier about his, his weight issues. Um, he's not training as hard as he wants. I think DCE basically said he was at a crossroads in his career. He needs to decide what he wants to do. Um, and, yeah, she also said that he surrounds himself with the S-men and um, doesn't – it's ever, always someone else's fault rather than his. Um, I've kind of said that in the past with him, saying like, I, I think he believes his own hype too much and his natural talent, I think he thinks is going to be enough to get him over the line. Mm. Where there's a lot of, almost everyone in the NRL has got a lot of natural talent. But if you want to actually be a consistent NRL first grader, you've got to have hard work as well. Um, and I don't personally think he's got it. I think he needs a wake-up call. There's been rumours about Manly want him gone. Um, they're paying him like 800 thou a year, and I, I don't think he's worth it. It's 800 thou on potential, yeah. and he hasn't shown enough, um, in my opinion. I think on Ron Hammer's prediction show, I think I predicted that he would lose the battle to be in the Haas and Cooper Johns would take it. Um, we're not really seeing that um, as much, but... Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think he's as – he's definitely not a half in my opinion. I think he's a second rower that wants to be a half, but um, so does every forward, let's be honest. Um, but, yeah, what's your take on Schuster? Do you think Manly are going to, you know, back their claims of signing him and try to try to get him over this hump, or does he need to – a bit like Moses Sawali'i, um, he kind of needed to leave the nest – and find himself um, by going to a few other clubs. Um, and could this be a manly problem? Because he was also a young manly when he was having this problem. Yeah, I I do think, I agree with you that I think he's got a big contract, mostly on potential. And 
you I've heard from a number of different sources now that perhaps he doesn't put on put in as much and you know hard work will always beat talent that fails to work hard um, yeah that's just the way it is so I think Josh from from what I hear probably needs to you know own up to own up to that fact and really put in um, if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out who was the other person involved in the punch-up? Because I've only seen Schuster's name thrown out there. Oh, it's um, a reserve-grade player. Right, no um, I, I don't think he's actually played first grade. Um, I'll, I'll look. I did. I was going to write it down, but then I thought, I don't know. I don't know who this guy is. So maybe but if he's, he if, he's, if he's the first grader, then really he should know better, really. I know, um, he's, young. Dean, I know he's His name's Dean Madison. Right, yeah. So it's so a, a lower profile player. So, yeah, uh, Schuster should probably know better. I know he's young, but come on. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. It's going to be interesting. Um, I personally think it would be better for Manly just to use that 800k elsewhere, um, mm. especially since most of their cap money goes towards two players in their club anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting times. Um, I thought when we heard these Flanagan rumours that they'll be like, oh, Bulldogs, you want Schuster? Um, we'll take Flanagan. But I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I think um, Mikey said, yeah, Cooper is a good player. I, I really like Cooper Johns. I think yeah, he's a little battler. Mm. I think he's solid. He, he's not ever going to be talked about like other members of his family. Um mm-hmm. But I think he he's a handy player that um, goes out there and does his job. Yeah, he's a good foil for a ball dominant half like DCE, isn't he? Yeah, I think yeah, um, and in the combination that when we get to see it, I think they work well together. And he's probably on, you know, half of what Schuster is, so it even makes business sense to just stick with that. I, I don't think you're getting more out of Schuster consistently than what you are with Cooper. But yeah. We'll see. But that was all we really had for news, Richie. Cool. Um, cool. I know I joked about a three-hour show, but I don't think we can do that to Paul. Um, <laughs> so we'll move on to signings. Not as many. Um, I've got I've got four. So um, Marcelo Montoya has extended his stay with the Warriors for another two years. I think we covered it briefly last week, but it wasn't official yet. Yeah. But it's official. What's your take on, uh, on Marcelo? I know we did talk about Marcelo and Pompey Maybe one of them or both were going to um, exit after the RTS news, but it's good to see Montoya. Um, out of the two, he was the one I really wanted to stay, so I'm happy to see him stay. Yeah, if, if you put those two blokes in front of me and I had to pick one, it would have been Marcelo. So, yeah, I'm pretty well pleased about that um, that re-signing for us. Um, I think he makes makes up a pretty important part of our back line now. In, Definitely. Yeah, yeah, and putting RTS in the back line, our back five's looking looking really nice. Yeah, definitely. And um, Sean Russell has signed a two-year extension with the Eels. I really like it. He, he's been real unlucky when it comes to injuries. I, I think he's basically had season-ending injuries the last two years, mm. pretty much. So it's good to see the Eels showing their faith in him. Um, it could have been a thing where they um, were like, oh, no, nah, you're just injury prone, mate. We're going to let you go. So really happy because he, when he gets to play, 
he's, he's a good. talent. Yeah, he's really good. So yeah, good to see them show their loyalty there. Um, Titans have extended the stay of. Um, I always get the name wrong. Uh, Khan, yeah, um, Khan Pereira for another three years. Um, I think that's a logical signing. He's kind of hit the ground running when he got his chance with the Titans. Um, so, yeah, really happy for the Titans to keep him. What's your take on, on him? He's kind of exploded out of nowhere. I think if he stays injury-free, he, he'll rack up a lot of tries for the Titans. Um, just speed to burn, elusive, knows his way to the try line, as we've seen in his brief stints already. I think this year he's notched up doubles, yeah, he's, he's he's picking up tries, you know. He's he's just got that neck, um, similar like sort of stature, but looks like he'll have the, a similar finishing prowess to a like a Nathan Merritt, Alex Johnston. You know, these smaller guys with a, a ton of speed who who know their way to the line. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, looking forward to seeing how his career grows, and then the last one. It was interesting. Um, Andrew Davies, or Andrew Davy, um, the Bulldogs have released him immediately to return back to the Eels. Very interesting considering all the talk about the Bulldogs and their injury toll, that they have a, a healthy forward and they just let him go um, with no news on signing anyone back. Um, so what's your take on Andrew Davy um, going back to the Eels? Yeah, I was blindsided by that. I... I... I didn't see it coming, but I don't, actually didn't realize his age. He's he's already in his thirties, isn't he? I, yeah, he, I, I he's thought, an old boy. He's an old boy I, now. I thought he's a bit younger than that, but uh, yeah, he's a very handy player. So, um, you know, I'm sure he'll if he gets some opportunities at the Eels, he'll he'll go well. I'm just surprised um, that he was released. Yeah, I, I don't. We we admittedly we're not hearing it a lot anymore but phil gould was really good at doing the woe is us with the injury toll mm. saying like how many it's not fair with how many players we got out and then you let a perfectly healthy one like the warriors have like nine or ten injured it'd be like mm. if we heard that they let surinan go like yeah. surinan's been released and gone to the rabbitos or something you go like why without we don't have barnett we don't have you know tohu we don't have all mm. these guys why did you let surinan go it, it seems strange to me but, is, um, I mean, when you think they're missing Kikau and, and guys like that, and then they just let a second yeah. row go. It's weird. Yeah, strange. So I'm sure we'll be talking next week about the the new forward they've picked up. But, um, yeah. yeah, we'll move on to NRLW. Um, there was a whole lot of signings, but I didn't get them all down. I basically picked the top ones, or um, in quotations, the ones that I actually know the players. Um, but um, Steph Hancock and um, Brittany Braley Nati have re-signed with the Titans, and English fullback uh, Franz Goldthorpe has signed with the Cowboys. She's the second um, Northern Hemisphere player to sign this year. Um, any any words on on those signings, Richie? I can't say that I know a heck of a lot about about those those ladies. Um, look forward to seeing them play, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to pretend I know a heck of a lot about them. So how about yeah. you, Brad? I don't know too much. I just know that um, uh, Braley Nati was playing really well for the Titans in the last season, and Steph Hancock was handy. I think I saw maybe a little bit of Goldthorpe in the World Cup, but don't quote mm -hmm. me on it. Um, there was a lot of a lot of games to watch in the World Cup. So, um, yeah, I'm sure they're all going to do well. 
Um, it's going to be there's some nice. The teams are building up nicely, which segues in before we go to injuries and stuff. The NRL draw got released. I'm not going to go through all of it. When the games start happening, we're going to be talking about it every week like we normally do. But um, there's nine rounds. Um, with round one kicking off the first game Saturday the 22nd of July with a match between the Titans and Cowboys. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I've got a quote from Andrew Abdo before we move on just about the NRLW. So he said, this year's NRL Telstra Women's Premiership will be supercharged with four new teams, nine regular season rounds, followed by semifinals and a grand final. The schedule will include a balance of standalone double headers club double hitters which means both teams from uh, both women and men's from the same club playing on the same day in the same stadium and standalone fixtures at new venues aimed at maximizing the opportunity for fans to experience the premiership live or on broadcast across a range of markets so it's a very ceo um yeah. soundbite there but um i'm always impressed with the nrlw and i i like that they're they're actually bringing double headers back and linking them so you can go and watch um, your your club's woman's side before first grade kicks off as well. Um, looking forward to when that happens, when the Warriors are back in town, mm. where you could even, you know, I'm looking at it, when you could have a triple header. You could have New South Wales Cup, the women's and first grade all playing on the same day. I think that would be a great way of getting more eyes on those lower grades. Um but yeah, what's your take on the NRLW? I know it's probably going to make a show longer <laughs> when we're reviewing. Uh, we don't really review their games. We kind of just break it down like we do a Super yeah. League. Yeah. Um, um, I just look forward to it, mate. I, I think it's gone from strength to strength over the past few years. Obviously, we look forward to the day that the Warriors get reintroduced. But um, I, even still, it, it just keeps getting stronger and stronger. Last year, I felt like it took strides forward. Um even going into the rep, the rep footy of NRLW, so uh, I'm sure it'll be a good one this year with with the expansion, um, a lot of roster movements. So it'll be exciting. Yeah, and Jacko's asked, "Is Sky going to broadcast the games?" I would assume so. I can't say 100, percent but they did last year and the year before that, so I don't see why they wouldn't. Um, so yeah, um, moving on to injuries, we've got as every bloody week, Richie, we've got a lot. <laughs> Um, so Manly, Jake Javojevic is going to be out for about a month. He injured his calf, um, so that potentially means he's not going to be in game one of origin. Um, Braden Burns from the Bulldogs, he's going to miss three to six weeks after injuring his medial ligament. Uh, Paul Momorowski from the Roosters is out indefinitely after suffering ligament damage in his shoulder. Uh, Braden Hamley-Ueli from the Sharks is also out for a month. Um also injuring his medial ligament. Ray Stone from the Dolphins is missing Magic Round with 11-day stand down for a head knock. Kurt Mann from the Knights is out indefinitely after tearing his oblique muscle. Um, I'll Ouch. leave that to you because I don't even know where that is. Richie, you're the you're the muscle man here. Yeah, that's the, uh, side, that's the side of your abdomen, mate. The, um, the, the, outer, the outer wall that frames your, frames your abs. So, yeah, I've got a big one, but it's it's mostly fat yeah 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 and um yeah tom chester it's been confirmed um cowboy tom chester is out for the season after injuring his acl which is super disappointing for him so a lot of big losses there it's not like there's little guys you know 
Jake Trevojevic, um, Braden Burns, you could probably hit or miss, but the fact that they're already missing at a car and the like. Momorowski, yeah. I think, is a big loss for the Roosters. Yeah. Hamlin Newelli is massive for the Sharks. Ray Stone is the same. Um, Kurt Mann, they're, they're all all big losses. Um, what's your take on this this injury toll this year? It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Um, I don't. I can't give you any reasons to why it seems to be so such a war of attrition this season. I don't even know the stats to back that up. I don't know if it's any worse. It just seems like it's worse this year for whatever reason. Um, I think I think that it was bad last year, but it was all the same injury yeah. last year. Um, but this year it just seems to be the sheer numbers in teams' rosters. Like mm. It felt like there was always a lot, but every team may have had like one or two. So you still had a lot, but it was spread out. But this one, like the Warriors, I think technically now are on eight. Yeah. If Tohu and Chance play this week, they're on eight injured. Um, Bulldogs, I think, are at like six or seven. There's a few other teams at six or seven. Mm. Um, and then you've got a few teams that have none or one. So it's just the sheer amount for certain teams. I, I don't understand. Normally, you know, the cliche is if you're unfit, you're more susceptible to injuries. But I think some of these teams, especially in the Warriors' case, are fitter than they've ever been. Yeah. So it's it's not the case um but yeah i it's something you can never prepare for you can't go in with a plan and say this is how we stop injuries um i i don't know and i i fear there's going to be more with magic round and the uh, beautiful pitch that they have by the time you get to saturday sunday the rolled ankle um yeah. all over the place so yeah it's interesting um, but yeah, hopefully we see it come down because you know the more talent on the sidelines, the less enjoyable games are. Mm. Uh, and yeah, like Mikey um, mentioned, HIA that doesn't help the eleven day stand down. Um, I understand why they've brought it in, but um, this is the first week I think we've only got one. Um, it's usually two or three. Um, but yeah, and um, Jacko said Ivan Cleary's moaning about injuries. Wants some change to the draw, but wouldn't say what um yeah i think draw helps like i i don't want to sound like i'm bleating but like we talked about the warriors you know three games in 11 days you know if you're looking at that in the draw perspective and there's other other teams that have got similar where they've got like short stack games it doesn't help you um yeah i don't i don't know how you fix it it's I think the draw needs a lot of work. I think the draw this year has been woeful with the fact that we've had multiple teams play each other twice before we got to round 10. Mm. It just doesn't make sense in my eyes. But, yeah, they need to do something. What it is, I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll come up with ideas and hopefully make some money off the NRL. <laughs> um, but we'll go to Naughty Boy Corner before we um, go into the review. Um, only three. Uh, Jeremiah Nanai is going to miss four weeks for grade three dangerous contact. For his for his hip drop, what was your take on that? I did think it didn't look flash. Yeah, it didn't look flash, and it's sort of in line with with um, punishments handed out previously. Yeah. So at least there's a little bit of consistency there. Yeah, and um, Tafoa Sipley is banned for three weeks for a grade two crusher tackle. Um, it's kind of yeah, same type of um, punishment we've been seeing. Yeah. So I, I'll go with it. Brent Naden, it got three weeks for a grade two shoulder charge. A shoulder charge that didn't look as bad as one in a Warriors game. 
So, um, yeah, interesting. Um, yeah. And he got three weeks and the other guy didn't even get a fine or a penalty. But, um, yeah, I thought he was a, it was a bit hard done by it. I think it was more on the fact that it was against the Panthers, if I'm brutally honest. Um, I think maybe a week. A week maybe for Brent Naden. Yeah. Maybe well, I two. Think, I, think I think three weeks is, is, is a stretch. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think, I think yeah, there's – it was a shoulder charge, if, if yeah. you ask me. I don't, not disputing that, yeah. I don't think it was anywhere as bad as what Satili Tupanua's one was in the Warriors game, Warriors versus Roosters, but hey, maybe we're being biased, but it's not. Oh, 100% yeah, it, we're being biased. There's <laughs> no consistency between those two, those there. No. But, um, yeah. yeah, it is what it is. So we'll, we'll get into round nine now, Richie. Um, yeah. Talking about the the games, first game was Sharks defeating the Cowboys forty four to six. So I'll let you yep. run it down. Yep, Brad's Brad's team of the uh, flavor of the month team, the Sharks, getting the getting the result here. Seven tries to one. Uh, Telekai, Jesse Ramian, Sione Katoa, Ronaldo Molotalo grab two. Nico Hines and Tig Wilton grab the tries. Uh, just one try for the Cowboys. Kyle felt um, I was filthy, Jeremiah, and then I didn't get one because it cost me a lot of money. <laughs> I was one off a nice multi. Uh, what do you think of the game, Brad? Yeah, um, talking about the Sharks, I thought their attack was on point. Um, they now look like the team I predicted to go all the way in our prediction show. Um, they're just such a dangerous side that they're, they're so hard to beat if you let them get a roll on, you know. Scoring two tries in the first, you know, early stages, and they never look back. So, um, but what did you think of the Sharks? Yeah, I, th- I think they're really starting to heat up now. Um, great attacking performance. Never once looked in doubt. It was um, one of two games this this week where I felt like one team that just felt like training, you know, almost like a training run kind of mode. Yeah, and your your thoughts on the Cowboys? Back to back to losing ways after jagging a win against the Knights last week. Uh, I think this would have to be their most disappointing performance of the year, though. Uh, I know there's a lot of injury in uh, in their um, roster, but yeah, that wasn't wasn't flash flash watching if you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah, and um, like Jacko kind of said, he said the Cowboys look like an unhappy bunch. Perhaps there's some behind the scene problems there. Potentially, um, yeah. I, I thought they just they never had a chance in this game. Um, their defensive line leaked like a sieve. Um, their poor discipline made matters worse. You know, you're getting flogged and you get two men sent to the bin. That's not going to help. Um, their massive fall from last season continues. It, it feels like last season was just an outlier, um, mm. like a little blip, because they're playing like they did the year before um, mm. and how we predicted they would last year. So, yeah, I don't know what's changed there but whatever it is they need to fix it um your player that stood out uh nico had to be nico i mean the whole team played well but he's the puppet master he's everything comes off him he touches the ball so many times he's both sides of the ruck um just orchestrates everything um another great performance from him yeah, I, he was mine as well. Uh, I just want to remind you that I said he'd go back to back Dally M's, and I think it's going to happen. He could he, be right. 
every time he plays, he he, he just goes ten out of ten. It's it's crazy. Um, but yeah, next game Friday, Eels defeating Knights forty three twelve. I I said last the, in that last segment there was two performances where it felt like it was a training run. This was the other one. Um, seven tries to two. Dill Brown, Mitch Moses, Clint Gutherson with a hat trick. Sean Russell, who we talked about in signing news, um, and Junior Bolo grabbed the tries for the Eels. Um, two tries for the Knights, Matt Crocker and Dominic Young. Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, but like the Sharks, the Eels started quick and couldn't be stopped. Um, showed good attacking shape. They made too many errors. Um, they made a lot of errors, um, but against poor opposition, it didn't matter. Um it's, I feel like when you're on that role, you can try to chance your arm a bit more than you normally would, which leads to those errors. And, yeah, they just had the freedom to do that, like you said, a training run. Um, mm. So they were trying things that didn't work. But, yeah, the game was already in the bag. Um, it was over at halftime. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, what's your take on, on the Eels? Yeah, I thought that's a lot closer to the Eels' potential, um, that, that showing. Uh, number of players stepping up. I thought their spine was was really good. Um, probably Dylan Brown's best best game for the year. Um, obviously yeah. Moses and Gutho went went off as well. Um, Fifteen line breaks for the game. Um, it really did feel like a training run. It just felt like they were breaking them at will at times. Yeah, and your take on the on the Knights? I didn't see this coming. I th- I thought they've shown a lot more fight and a lot more grit over the past month or so. Um, yeah, Ponga looks to be lacking a lot of confidence when it comes to collisions, and um, I think is a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN has missed tackles that's uh, evidence of that probably yeah um yeah kind of the same and um jacko's kind of agreed with you there about ponga he said the ponga um with ponga back the knights have disjointed i've been saying that all year i think the knights are a, a lot better team when he's not in it um which is crazy when he's their marquee but um they were just woeful in this game it was horrible to watch Ponga, he struggles in the halves. He, he's not a half. As much as they want to make him a half, he's not. Um, they need to get him out of there and go back to fullback. What that does with Lockie Miller, I'm not sure. Um, but by yeah, having him up front in the halves, it's not working. Um, fix it. But who was your player that stood out? I, I've got your notes here, and I think you've typed it wrong, but I'll let you go. I haven't typed it wrong, mate. I put him on. Picked a player that stood out for the wrong reasons. Um, oh, we, already, we already talked about it. Kalen Ponga. Uh, he just looks like he's lacking a lot of confidence in, in, in the front line. 
in the halves is not the place for that. He could maybe hide a bit more out at fullback, but um, I, I think if you take Kalen Ponga when he first came on the scene, sure, I think he'd be a lot more confident and, and probably attack more. But I think what's transpired with Kalen over the past year with so many head knocks, he just looks gun-shy in the front line. I, I don't think it's working. Um whether or not that, that can be remedied sometime soon and he, he has a breakout game where he gets it all back, I don't know, but doesn't look doesn't look great right now. Yeah. Yeah, my player that stood out, I cheated. I went with Clint Gutherson. Um, I was stuck. I, I didn't want to give it to the flat track bully, so I went with Gutho with the hat track. So, yeah, um, yeah. He, he's really s- stepped up his, his game um, since every, we got the news about <laughs> That he was looking for a new fullback to replace him out there and move him into another role. Um, yes. Yeah, he's been fantastic. So, um, yeah, well done to the Eels. Next game on Friday, uh, Rabbitohs defeating Broncos 32-6. Yeah, I know a lot of Broncos fans, and, and yeah, I, was, I enjoyed this one. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was six tries to one. Campbell Graham with a hat trick. Latrell Mitchell with a double. And Cody Walker grabbed one. So all your usual suspects there. And Jesse Arthur's grabbed the lone try for the Broncos, I believe, while Cam Murray was in the Sinbin too. So not the greatest outing for the Bronx. Yeah, um, without much resistance, um, the Rapidos were able to score at will, even with a man down. You know, Cameron Murray sent to the bin in like the fourth minute. The Rapidos scored in the sixth. Mm. Um, yeah, the errors went up again, which is always the thing I like to stick into the Rabbitohs. But um, it didn't matter. And if they keep playing like this, they'll stay a top four side um, comes finals time. Um, what's your take on Souths? I'm uh, really impressed. I, in the last couple of weeks, they've beaten last year's premiers and this year's competition leaders. Um, so, yeah, again, showing their ability to rack up points in the second half. Uh, I think Campbell Graham's got to be close to New South Wales selection. Uh, there's a couple banging the door down, Nico Hines and I think Campbell Graham as well. Yeah. And your take on, on the Broncos? Too many errors from them. Um, they'll be hoping they can keep their big gun forwards fit for the majority of the season because it really looked like they were missing uh, Payne Haas. Obviously, probably best prop in the game. Also, um, Ezra Mam too. Let's not forget mm. because he's he's been electric this year. So, um, yeah, I'm sure they'll bounce back. But it just it wasn't the best day for the Broncos. Yeah, um, I've got on my notes here that um, they look like the 2022 version. Um, they lack the attacking flair that they've had in the first eight rounds. Hundred percent. That's because Payne Haas wasn't out there. Um, you know, he's there 200 meters a game front rower. Um, and I didn't even mention Ezra Man, but yeah, like you said, they missed him too. Um, Walsh, I thought he played like he did at the Warriors um, towards the back end, which dampened their attack as well. Um, massive wake-up call for this team um, with Origin just around the corner because they play like this with those players out. Those players are out for Origin as well. Mm. Um, you know, maybe not all of them, but you think, you know, um, Kerrigan, Haas, they'll be gone. A few others. Walsh might even be gone. Probably Capewell, maybe. Um, Oates, Oates, if he's fit. There'll, there'll be a few. 
Yeah, so if they played like this, admittedly, it's not like they got flogged by the Tigers or someone, no disrespect for the Tigers, but, you know, it was a good team they played against. But, you know, you it's all about, you know, some of these teams like the Panthers the last few years have looked sometimes even a little bit better without those players during origin. So, yeah, yeah it's a big concern. It's a wake-up call. But your player that stood out? Oh, it had to be, had to be Campbell Graham. Um, yeah. Obviously, Hatricker tries, try assists, beautiful soft hands to set up Cody Walker's try. Defensively, he's one of the best um, defending centers in the game. Uh, yeah, he he doesn't have a lot of flaws, and it was all on display on on Friday. Yeah, I cheated. I went the same. I went two games. I, I didn't I didn't want to give it to Latrell for the third week in a row, so I um, went with the hat trick here. Yeah, he's he's just such a solid player for them out there. Um, yeah, really impressed. But um, moving on to the the divisive game, um, Raiders defeating the Dolphins 31 30. Um, what's your rundown on this one? Uh, it's five tries apiece, actually. So, um, the comeback kid Jared Croker grabbed one, Jack yeah. Wyden grabbed one, Jordan Rapana, Sebastian Chris, and Jamal Fogarty with the five tries for the Raiders, five for the Dolphins, Ewan Aitken. Uh, Tabuai Fado, uh, Connolly Lemuelu, and Jesse Bromwich. Well, Con- Connolly Lemuelu grabbed two. Uh, yeah, so it was three from five from conversions for Croker, five from five from Asako, but two penalty goals for Croker and a Jamal Fogarty field goal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a close game. I thought the Raiders started well, but it looked like they were going to fade again, uh, which we kind of see. Um, from them, but they held tough, and um, despite that lucky call, they had the ability to nail the match winner. You know, we talked about in the news about the knock-on. They still had to go and do a field goal. It's not like that won the game. They still had to do it, and I think they said that was um, Jamal Fogarty's first ever field goal in the NRL. It was, yeah. So it's not like they had a guy that nails them every week out there. Um, so... I, yeah, credit where credit's due. Um, I think they did very well here. Far from perfect, but they're heading in the right direction, which I'm sure Simon's going to love, you know. Yeah. Um, but your take on the Raiders? Good result for them. Um, they got one back on the Dolphins, who who beat them earlier in the season. So um, they they survived a scare from the Dolphins. Um, Dolphins seem to be one of the comeback kings. Um, yeah. Obviously, they got a favourable call, which helped them get the result in, in Golden Point. Um, but that's going to happen from time to time. Um, and I think that's their third win on the trot. So they're trending yeah. the right way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and your thoughts on the Dolphins? Uh, they didn't get the result. Um, but again, they proved that they're, they're a never-say-die team. Uh, you can never count them out. Um, I always thought this would be a real close game. I actually tip the Raiders thinking it was in Canberra, but like Simon's pointed out, it was actually in Wagga Wagga. So um, I didn't realize that at first, but yeah. Um, I, I did the same, to be honest. I yeah. was like, yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, um, they're, they're showing a ton of fight, the Dolphins. I think I would not be shocked if they if they finished top eight and I picked them for the spoon, but they've just proved me wrong time and time again this year. Yeah, um, I've got the same, um, except for your woeful decision to predict them as wooden spooners. Um, <laughs> they, they were unlucky. It, it's fair to say they were unlucky 
with that call and whatnot, but they showed spirit. They were 22-12 at halftime. I thought, uh, you know, how are you going to do the big comeback two weeks in a row? Um, yeah, if a few calls went their way, it may have been another win for them. Um, I think they just let themselves down with a bit of lack of respect for the ball. Yeah. But they show true grit, and they are. Like you said, I, I think they're a real finals chance. And, um, yeah, Jacko mentioned Nick Arima playing a lot better than he did at the Warriors. I thought this was probably his best game for the Dolphins. thought he was fantastic out there. I've been very critical of him um, maybe with some Warriors bias in there. Um, and But, yeah, I thought he played really well. They're all just playing well um, there, which is, yeah, it's a fantastic story. Um, yeah. For them, especially, I don't think the NRL helped them get this team up and running. I thought mm. that they would just set them up for failure. But yeah, no, they're they're the real deal. I, I think they're a really talented team. Um, your player that stood out though, uh, I put Jackie White in. A few reasons. I think he had a big week in the media. Um, his name thrown around in the media a lot. Signing for another team. A lot of people questioning him, including. Um, former Raiders players. Um, then he came out and set up a couple of tries, uh, scored a try himself. He had a great first half showing. And then after the game, obviously showed a lot of emotion and showed what the club still does mean to him. So, yeah, for a few reasons, he stood up for me. Yeah, um, I was close to picking him. I think, I think we're going to see a lot more out of him for the rest of this year. I think the weight's being lifted with the decision of staying or going. Decisions mm. being made. He clearly does love the club, but just because you love a club doesn't mean you have to stay. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen our fair share in Warriors of players that just go. You know, they need a change or whatever, whatever the decision may be. But he at least showed that he's not going to half-ass it for them, which I think was a yeah. lot of Canberra fans worries. Like, he's signed with another club. He's got his eyes on the door. He's, not, he's just going to do what he has to, but he showed, no, he really wants to leave on a high. So mm -hmm. full credit to him. I thought he played well, but I didn't pick him. Um, I picked the big red machine. Big um, red. Corey Horsburgh. I thought he's been, he's been fantastic for the Raiders this year. Yeah. He got, he almost got 200 meters in this game. He, he's really stepped up as a leader of their forward pack, um, which I never would have predicted from any time. I've always seen him as a bit part player. Um, maybe because it's a prejudice against the redhead in them. But, um, yeah, I thought he's been really good. So um, hopefully he keeps building um, and becomes like a, a linchpin in that forward pack for them. Honestly, wouldn't look out of place the next level up, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. I think if he keeps playing the way he is, you know, who knows? Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I think he's a fantastic player. Mm. Um, but yeah, next game, Seagulls losing to the Titans 26 to 10. This is where my picks went to shit, Richie. <laughs> From this game on, I got everyone wrong. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, you wouldn't be alone. Um, yeah. yeah, it was five tries to one for the Titans. Khan Pereira grabbed two, David Feeder grabbed one, Philip Sami grabbed one, and Cleese Haas grabbed the other. And only one try for Manly was Sean Keppy in the 50th minute. So, yeah, what do you think, Brad? This is like a classic Titans performance minus the defensive meltdown. Yeah, so I've got on my notes here, Titans learned their lesson from last week. You know, they had a 16-2 halftime lead, and they're like, we, we can't lose this, guys. We, we, can't, we can't fall apart two weeks in a row. Their forwards led the way, um, and their backs made it look easy. 
Um, still to need to see a lot more from them um, to see if they're actually going to be a threat as they're too hot and cold. Um, yes. You know, we, you know, who they, they're playing the Eels this week at Magic Ground. They could get flogged by 60 and we wouldn't bat an eyelid. Yeah. That's just how, how the Titans are. But what's your what's your take on this game for them? Um, I think this, the, for me, this is the Titans. We all know they can be if only they're defended for a whole 80 minutes. Uh, yeah. But I thought they were very impressive from the outset. Um, I thought they dominated Manly right from the get-go and, and never let up. So yeah, it was a good, ruthless 80-minute showing from the Titans, which we're not accustomed to see. Yeah. And um, Manly. Um, yeah, one they'll want to forget, to be honest. Just never in the match and, and never really looked likely. I know probably a couple of players out. Maybe you can make a couple of excuses, but... That's that's the same for a lot of teams right now. So, this is one they'll want to, um, you know, review it and then flush it and move on. Yeah, I've got on here. They just couldn't click into gear. They look, they were clunky. They struggled to build pressure. Um, not sure if it was an off night or if this could be a start of a decline for them. Um, they need a big, a big performance against um, the Broncos um, and Magic Ground to bounce back. Uh, I'm not sure if they will though. But, um, yeah, disappointing from them. Glad that I jumped off their ship and onto the Sharks. Yeah. Um, but your player that stood out? I think we're going the same way, mate. But uh, Dave Fafida, I'm very happy to uh, put praise on him this year after we've bagged him the past couple for maybe not always being so involved in the game, but, you know, capable of, of a flashy try. But... Um, He's gone the other way this year. He's rolled, rolling the sleeves up. He's doing a lot of the gritty work, but and now he's picking up a couple of tries as well. So um, he's doing everything. I'm, I think the Titans would would want out of. Yeah, I picked Fafita as well. Um, same. He's doing a little bit more of the grunt work. Um, that was always my criticism um, of him. That you know he was good for a try or two, and he'd do amazing things with the ball in hand, but. He wasn't doing much else. And, um, yeah, as like you said, he's gone the other way. He's doing a lot of that stuff and getting a try or two every now and then um, mm. to help his team out. But, yeah, he's really rolling his sleeves up, which is great to see um, him do because, yeah, you, you know you're going to get one good game out of him every, you know, 10 or so rounds. So it happened. Yeah. Um, but, no, yeah, <laughs> great, great performance from him. But um, we'll move on to the next game, the game of the round, game of the century, I guess. Uh, Tigers defeating the Panthers 12, um, 12 to 8. Mm. So this one won't take you long. There's not a lot of points there. Oh, it was a surprise, though. Um, yeah, low scoring, 12 8, terrible conditions, but I, I found it compelling viewing mainly because of the result and, and mm. the bottom beating the dynasty that's the Panthers. That's a massive surprise, but. Two tries to one, Brandon Wakem and David Norfoluma for the Tigers. Uh, one try to the Panthers was Tyron Peachy after 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, what do you reckon, Brad, that this – you, you tipped this, didn't you? I think you were close to it. No. You're on the, you're on the Tigers the, bandwagon. <laughs> I, the week before, I had decided that I was just going to put a cheeky little bet on the Tigers every week because eventually they would win. And you'd get all your money back that you lost from every game. But I didn't do it for this one. Um, mm. I regret it now, but that's what you do. Um, 
But yeah, fantastic effort from the Tigers. Um, yep. They didn't get a lot of chances in poor weather, um, but they made them count. Um, we've said that they have forgotten. I think we even said it last week that they've forgotten how to win. Mm. Um, they get close, but um, just fall apart. This time they wouldn't be denied. Um, just a solid performance um, that they can be proud of. Um, they need to be build off it if possible. But, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing to take out of it is they held the, you know, reigning premiers scoreless in the second half. Yeah. That's massive. Because um, the Panthers are known for, you know, getting into these little tussles, but always having something like in that final 10, 15 minutes, they'll, they'll just get ahead. They couldn't in this. So, um, yeah, fantastic from the Tigers. I think um, Jacko mentioned... Um, the young fullback, yeah, yep. he what a find he is. They, I, I think I joked about it last week about which team's going to pick him up because the Tigers let the fullbacks go. Mm. Um, but yeah, and um, yeah, Jack mentioned Coruscant was a happy chappy. Yeah, it's fantastic to get your first game, uh, first win in your new club against your old club. Yeah, um, yeah, fantastic. But what was your take on the Tigers? I thought it was a fantastic wet weather performance from the Tigers. They completed their sets at a really high percentage despite the tough conditions. Their defence was tenacious. Like Jacko said, I, I thought young Bula, uh, the rookie fullback, was was outstanding. He had some nice moments. The try assist on Norfolk try, the try saving tackle on Cleary, which was huge pretty much stopped the Panthers' chances of coming back. Um, yeah. Yeah, really impressive. And you take cool. about the Panthers. They just didn't seem to adapt to the conditions as well as the Tigers. Um, maybe the wet weather was the great leveller that the Tigers needed. Um, maybe, like Mikey says, maybe they, they're missing Webster and maybe throw Serraldo in that too, maybe. But um, four wins, four losses, they're definitely not looking the same team of the past couple of years, but I'm still not willing to um, to write them off from premiership contention just yet. I uh, there's a lot of water to yeah. go under the bridge. No, they're done, mate. They're, they're heading to the bottom. Not even going to make the eight. They're pathetic. No, um, in all seriousness, you never rule them out. They, yeah. I think we've said that before. I think when they lost, it might have been against the Broncos, saying like, "Oh, yeah, they they didn't look great," but you know, odds are they're still going to be a grand final team. It's just. They've built that kind of equity in themselves. Um, but, yeah, the second loss in a row here. Um, like, yeah, Jack has said, they don't like wet weather. Um, yeah, cats are never fond of water. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they look disorganized. And I think it goes to, we've talked about it before, it's a, it's a you know, you perform however you want when you're winning, but I, I'm not a fan of how arrogant the Panthers seem at times. Yeah. And I think that bit them in the ass here. I think they went into this like every team in the NRL will do, admittedly. They went into this going, it's the Tigers, we got this. You know, there were all the talks during the week about them, you know, resting players for this game and that. It didn't end up happening, but um, that was kind of how lightly I think they took them. Um, and I think by the time they realized they were actually in a fight, it was too late. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, it's a double-edged sword because it makes them a very dangerous opponent, magic round for the Warriors, as they won't want to lose three in a row. So it's like it was fantastic seeing the Tigers win, but the back of my mind, it was like, oh no, yeah, maybe we maybe gotta, we need to maybe we need to do our rain dance if they don't like the wet weather. Yeah, um, but yeah, 
your your player of the game? Another player who's uh, sometimes heavily maligned. So I'm going to put praise on him. Uh, Luke Brooks. Oh, two two. Even his mother doesn't praise him. What are you doing? I know. So now's the time. Somebody's got to take it. Um, Luke Brooks, two 40-20s, couple of tries. Uh, he controlled the game nicely. It's what you know he's capable of, but you never see it. So um, now that he's done it, yeah, I'm going to take my chance to praise him. Yeah, and um, yeah, he he played really well. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's not fair. I think it's unfairly how he gets treated at times. Um, the weight of the world on him and what's a poor club. Um, but yeah, I didn't go with him though. I went with David Clemmer. I thought it was the first big game from Clemmer we've seen since he joined the club. He went yeah. for 215 metres. Um, he's kind of doing, in this game, he did what they signed him for. Yeah, um, He was just physical and um, yeah, he helped win that battle. Because in rainy weather, we'll probably talk about it um, in the next game. But um, yeah, in rainy weather, you're relying on your forwards a lot. And um, yeah, he did them well. Um, next game, we don't have to really talk about it though, mate. Um, yeah, should we gloss over it? <laughs> Roosters is defeating the Warriors 14 0. Um, yeah, not a, another game you don't have to talk long here. Um, give us the rundown yeah. two tries, Net Butcher, Satili Tupanoa shouldn't have been on the field, but he scored. There you go. <laughs> and so here's Soali with his three kicks. Yeah, um, yes, all right. So, um, yeah, taking all my bias off, uh, Warriors jerseys down. Um, Roosters made the most of their chances um, with the ball in hand and were excellent in defence. Um, they became the first team this year to hold their opponents to nil. Um, their forwards made easy work of the middle, I thought, and Tedesco and Joey Manu looked hard to stop all night. It felt like every time they got the ball, there was at least one tackle break on the way. Um, it was a solid performance from the Roosters. Um in my opinion, I think they were lucky, as we said, with some calls. But ultimately, take those calls out of it. Everything the Warriors threw at them, they stopped, which is the name of the game. So, mm. yeah, thought it was a, a great performance from the Roosters there. Your your take on the Roosters? Oh, I thought for a moment that Tedesco was playing basketball. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, take, taking the saltiness out. Um yeah, tough conditions. I thought the Roosters one came off the back of outstanding defense. Obviously, the zero, uh, they'll be very happy with that. But um, the Warriors, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think if you were looking at line breaks, it would be close to zero. Um, pretty pretty scarce anyway. Um, yeah, the Warriors tried their best to throw a lot at the, at the Roosters, and they just kept repelling them, so... Um, bad calls aside, you got to give them props for their defense. Yeah, and anything else you want to add about the the Warriors? Not all doom and gloom. I thought we were strong on defense as well. Um, you know, two tries. I think one was off a kick. So resilience is always, as has been the trend this year. Uh, I, th I thought it was tough to get our attack going with, A, the weather conditions, and B, a lot of injuries, so a lot of reshuffles and, and, and different combinations. So I'm not going to sit here and make excuses all night. You know, we still came up with zero, but um, it's not like we lay down and, and got humped like we have in previous seasons. 
Yeah, um, I'm not sure if anyone watching went to the game live like I did, but yeah, it was horrible to watch them lose while sitting in that weather. Um, I had uh, I have a New York Giants poncho I got in New York that I've had for years. You've seen it at wet games, Richie. Yeah, uh, cost me like a dollar at a New York Giants game. Um, I had that on, and I still got soaked through. Um, yeah, not not a dry bone of sight, but. Um, I thought they just lacked um, that attacking spark close to the line. They were building pressure really well. It felt like they were really setting themselves up in, in the Roosters' red zone for large periods, but they just couldn't crack through. I think it was without Tohu Harris. I think there was not as much depth to their attack. Um, his, his short passing game really opened things up, but mm-hmm. without him there, it was kind of all funneling through Sean and just going the run to the edge, short ball to a second rower, mm. which is it, it almost worked several times. Um, yeah, a couple of drop balls. It is, and that it's easy to defend. You're kind of relying on the second rower's talent to get through the defense as opposed to creating space and, and going through. Um, but yeah, a lot of players out, um, which, you know, not an excuse. Um, I, but if you told me that with all those players out before the season started, they lose um, by one barge over try and a fortuitous grubber, yeah. I would have been over the moon. It's just the expectations we have now are so different. Yeah, yeah um, But yeah, it wasn't an embarrassment by any stretch. And I, I think uh, Hammer's probably getting ready for his show now but it's something um, he mentioned in our chat after the game that a lot will be learned from this loss. I think this loss will build character, yeah. um, hopefully, being very hopeful. Um, and uh, Jacko said, without being too critical, Egan wasn't great on attack. Yeah, um, it's probably his worst game he's had. I don't know if it was just getting back into the grind, the weather, yeah. if he wasn't as confident because every time he played well, he got knocked out, mm. um, you know, but, yeah, I think there's so many other little things, but they didn't roll over and quit, which I think is commendable. Yeah, you mentioned um, Torhu and his ball playing. I think looking look at Chance too, Chance not being there. Uh, mm. Dallin in the fullback, fullback position, great for kick return meters and, and running back at the line as hard as you possibly can, but probably not the same level as chance when it comes to the ball playing and, and, and the shape plays, you know, he's more direct. Yeah. So I think that probably hurt our attack a little bit too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, first loss at Mount Smart this year too, um, unfortunately. But um, who was your player that stood out? I actually put for the <laughs> – I put Dallin with Tenny Zelesniak and this was I, – I, I went off early, sorry. I shouldn't have interjected that. Um yeah, I noticed him mainly, like I say, in the fullback fullback position. Very hard runner, a lot of kick return meters, but I think him being there took away from our tech quite a lot. It looked like mostly that was what he was doing, and maybe it's the conditions. But I, I think even if it was dry, he doesn't have the same sort of. He doesn't fit the spine as well as Chance does, and it gives us a lot more attacking options. So I didn't notice him for having an outstanding game, more for more for what it did to our spine and our attack. It it, it made it a bit more disjointed, yeah. in my opinion. 
in my opinion. Yeah, and um, I think for the first time in our history, we've both picked um, a losing team player for our player that stood out. I went with Adam Fanua Blake, though. Um, he played um, 71 minutes, I think. Played a lot of it at lock, which was a bit of a surprise. Um, and he ran for like almost 200 meters. I think he was like 194, and I think he had like 68 post contact. Um, just he's got a tank on him. He, he's beast. just a beast. Beast. Um, yeah, and I think I put in my review this week that right, Tohu's been named. I, I would quietly put money down that we're not going to see Tohu play though. I feel like it's like we saw it last time where he was named every week but then pulled out. Um, without some of those forwards there, I, the Warriors are leaning on Eden a lot, but he's responding positively. Um, he did look naked. Watching live, you can kind of see like after hit-ups, when the camera pans away and follows the ball, you can watch the player. And there were ones where he'd hit up, bust through for like five or six metres, um, getting tackled, play the ball, and then he just looked like he was dying. Mm. Um, but then, you know, a few a few sets later, he's doing the same thing again. Um, yeah, big tank. I'm hoping that these long minutes, though, don't result in an injury. Um, touch wood. But, yeah. yeah. Disappointing. But we all move on to these bloody dragons, Richie. Last game. <laughs> Bulldogs beating the dragons 18-16. Yeah, the one time Brad tips them. Um, it was three tries apiece for the dogs, Corey Waddell and Jake Avarillo grabbing two. Uh, nice performance from him. Three tries for the Dragons, Matthew Fiengai, Toby Couchman, Max Fiengai, the brother. Um, goal kicking the difference. It was both, both teams had two from three from conversions, but Burton slotted a penalty, and that was the difference in the scoreboard. Yeah, I've got um, my notes here. Bulldogs grinded um, out the win here and looked decent enough considering the amount of outs they had. Um, need to work on their defense and discipline um, as they have much harder matches coming up. Um, not really much else to say. It was quite a, a low scoring fear. Kind of felt like, um, yeah, it, was, it wasn't the greatest game by, by either team. But, no. yeah, they, with the amount of outs they had, they, they shouldn't have been as close as they were here. But um, your take on the doggies? I thought a great job to get the result. I mean, we we all know about their injury toll. It's well documented. Um, so I think games like this, uh, I think in the long term, once they get their troops back, this this is going to do them good in the long term. You know, some, some players are getting some first-grade experience um, in games where they otherwise wouldn't have, and, and they still got the result, results. So... Yeah. They'll take it, that as a net win. Yeah, and your take on the Dragons? It seems like we're saying it most weekends about the Dragons this year, but close but no cigar. They seem to lack the ability to close out these tight contests this year. I mean, they're always in the contest, but they're losing by two this week, one the week before. You know, they're, they're dropping a lot of close games. Yeah, um, I see Simon's giving us his picks. Um, we'll we'll put Jacko's comment on while I uh, compose myself to rant about the Dragons. Um, but he said, yeah, hook shitty um, with Lomax missing goals and dropped them. Yeah, we talked about that before we went live, Jacko, and said like he has the last few weeks, his kicking hasn't been great. He missed one in this game. Um, you know, admittedly, if he got it, there'd be, you know, golden point situation. But I don't think Lomax is the problem. Um but yeah, the bloody dragons—they just—they screwed me again. 
I'm sick of them. Get get rid of them out of this bloody competition. First time <laughs> in 2023 that I tipped them and they let me down. They they could have won this match. Um, they had the opportunity, um, but they let themselves down with poor defensive reads, lack composure to take advantage of playing against 12 men. Um, yeah. You know, they did score a try, you know, straight after it, but they should have got more. They didn't score again after that. They they really, that was the time to put the foot down and just go. Um, they've only got themselves to blame. I I don't know. Um, I, crazy to think that they lost this. I, I don't know how. Um, but, yeah, who was your player that stood out? It was kind of hard to pick one out in this game, but I think you're probably going to do the same. Avarillo. Um, yeah. probably was the one player that clearly stood out this game. A couple of tries, um, just looked fast and ch- chasing in defense. Um, yeah, I thought he had, a, he had a real crack. Yeah, and um, I went the same year, Avrilo. Thought he looked great. Um, he, he had a few good runs. Um, yeah, just a talented young footballer. Um, he always seems to give his all. So, yeah, full credit to him. So, um, yeah, that was round nine. Um, I think, I can't remember what way we do it, but I'll bring up, I think, the tips first. If I, yeah, look at that. I actually got it to work. Um, so the tips, uh, Simon got four out of eight, um, still leading the comp, 46 out of 72. You got back up into second place, Richie, because you got five out of eight. Um, nice. With 41 out of 72. And then I'm at the bottom, uh, four out of eight. I was feeling good in that first four games, Richie. And then yeah, the the back the back four, I lost every single one. And I'm forty to seventy two. Um, so looking at it, if I can bring it up, here we go. The ladder. Uh, I think you did top eight last week, so I'll do it this week. Yep. Um, we've got. I'm gonna make. Hold on. There we go. Make it disappear. Um, we've got the Brisbane Broncos, despite their loss, still sitting at the top. Sharks have gone up to second place. Uh, Rabbitohs have moved up to third. Storm moved up to fourth. Roosters moved up to fifth. Um, Manly dropped down to sixth. Penrith dropped down to seventh. Warriors dropped down to eighth. Yep, so the bottom nine looks like this. Dolphins sitting in ninth. Uh, they've dropped a spot. Gold Coast Titans in tenth. Canberra Raiders 11th. Parramatta Eels have climbed up to 12th. The Dogs have climbed up to 13th. Newcastle 14th. St. George Illawarra 15th. Newcastle, uh, North Queensland, sorry, 16th. And West Tigers, despite the win, still at the foot of the ladder. Yeah, and despite the order, I feel like the top eight is kind of going back to what we expect of the teams. Not in that order by any means. I'd be switching. I would have said like Penrith first place, Brisbane seventh type mm. thing um but yeah you're kind of seeing it there's still a bit of a log jam you know um 11th place raiders are on the same uh, points as the 7th place panthers mm. so there's still going to be a lot of changes with it as close um yep and yeah jacko before we, we're about to go into questions anyway so i may as well bring up jacko's stuff now he said um south's have been fined fifteen thousand dollars um but keep their competition points for having an extra player on the field that's yes, fair enough yeah, expected. Yep. Yeah. And um, he's also got the interesting stat of the seven teams above us, um, being the Warriors, five have had the bye. That's good yeah. for us. Yeah. It is good for us, yeah. Um, we're in a good spot, despite being eighth right now, with a bye on the way. Panthers, 
we'll talk about it soon, but um, I don't know if that's going to be two points heading the Warriors' way. Doggies, I think that's an achievable two points. Then the buy, so out of the six points you can get in the next three weeks, they should get f- at least four. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, we'll move on. I'll get make this disappear. There we go. Um, we've kind of answered everyone's questions as we've gone. Yeah. Um, as we seem to do when Paul's not here. Yeah. Um, but we've got our own questions anyway. So um, both the, both of them are Warriors related. But I'll let you go with yours first. Okay. Um, so from what I hear, it looks like Luke Metcalf isn't far away from a return now. Would you bleed him back into the team via New South Wales Cup? Or do you get him straight in to help cover the Tamaite Martin injury? You know, a bit of a unique situation there. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the pictures of him um, back running around at training, and um, he looks in good nick when I've seen him at the um, the home games walking around um, before kickoff or before the game. It's been um, him and Kepu have been going around and taking photos with fans just around the stadium, mm-hmm. um, and he he looks fine. Um, prior to all these injuries and where we were sitting on the ladder, I would have said give him a week at New South Wales Cup, but with how things are going, they've got so many outs. If he's ready, I'd just throw him in. Um, I think he's talented enough. It's not like he's coming in to be the, the Lord and Saviour. Yeah. You know, he's kind of adding in a, a component. And I think Dylan Walker is so integral to the Warriors' game plan coming off that bench that if you've got a guy that can just slot into six, I would be doing it. So, yeah. Prior to us being now eighth, um, I would have said give him a week. Now I'm saying bugger it, throw him in now. Um, I want to see what to see what he can do. But what about you? Yeah, much the same, mate. I th- had our roster been healthy, I probably would have given him a bit of time to get some match fitness. Um, I just love Dylan Walker, what he brings off the bench in that utility role. Um, I think it helps the balance of our team. So I probably I'd probably throw him in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting, but yeah, mine's kind of the same. Um, my question to you was Tohu Harris has been named to return this week. Do you think it's wise to throw him in there straight away, or would you have given him more time off? I think it's wise if he's ready. It all depends on if he's ready. Uh mm. I and None of us would know that other than him, and maybe probably people within the club would know more. Um, if he's good to go, pick him. He's very important. Um, do we manage his minutes? Maybe give him a bit, a bit more, you know, longer stints on the bench to, to manage yeah. his minutes a bit more. Not maybe not flog him as much with eighty minutes or seventy-five minutes. Um, maybe that's the way to go. But yeah, if if he's confident. I'd get him back in there. I just hope, I hope he is confident that he's good and not playing because he really wants to play and putting himself at risk of of a season ender. Yeah, I'm going like the opposite with my Metcalf thing. I would have preferred they let him stay off. Um, just it's a second injury on the same, you know, the same knee, and I'm looking at it the way the competition works right now. They got Penrith, where. If I'm brutally honest, I don't see us being able to beat uh, 
Panthers team hurting from a loss on the Tigers with him or without him. So take him away. The next game is the Bulldogs. I think they can beat them without him. And then the week after that, you got to buy. So you could essentially get, yeah, um, you know, three extra weeks to get him to 100% before that game in Napier. It's a good point. But we're not at training. So he might be, it might have just been like a, I'm not going to say a cork, but just like a little prang. And it's actually 100% fine already. If, yeah, I'll trust them with it. But I'm just looking at, you know, do we want to have this conversation again in like three or four weeks? That yeah. happens for the third time. Um, but yeah, the team's always better with him in it. So you never go, I'm never disappointed seeing him out there. But I'm trying to think of, you know, that slightly better run that the Warriors have at the back end is going to be a lot easier if he's actually still available. Mm. You know, um, yeah. but yeah. Um, yeah. So that's it. I didn't see any more questions pop up. So we'll move into talking about the next round. Yes. Um, which is, you know, the major ground. Yep. Um, Warriors playing host to the Penrith Panthers. Um, I'll let you run down our, our Warriors team, um, which will most mm. likely change by kickoff. But here we go. It could do. It could do. Um, we're going quite long. I'll rock and roll through it. Chance, Chance is back in the number one. Yep. Actually, don't, I don't know what's going on there because I thought with if he was category one, he would have to miss this game as well given the – the short turnaround from what i heard he was cleared by the nrl they gave him good good yeah. that's what i was hoping okay so chance number one wings dwz and ed cossey marcelo montoya and adam pompey uh the centers dylan walker sean johnson the halves and for blake wading and bunty r4 front row jackson ford marati neokore and tohu harris has been named we shall see, uh, but that would be the back row. Interchange, Bailey Sheridan, Josh Curran, Dimitri Sifakula has been named again on the bench, and yep. Tom Ale. Yeah, and then for the Panthers, we've got Dylan Edwards at fullback. Um, Sun- Sunia Taruva and Brian Do'o on the wings. Uh, Tyrone Peachy and Stephen Crichton in the centres. Uh, Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary in the halves. Uh, Moses Leota, Mitch Kenny and James Fisher-Harris the front row, Scott Sorensen and Zach Hosking, second row, and Isaiah Yao uh, Locke. And then we've got on the interchange, Sonny Luke, Lindsay Smith, Liam Henry, and Jermaine Salmon on the bench. I've heard a lot of noise that Spencer Lenu is actually going to move into the interchange as well, but he's named ex- on the extended bench at the moment. Yeah. Um, so takes on, on this home game in Brisbane for the Warriors. I'd love to tip us. I hate the thought of us dropping three in a row. Uh, it's just, it's the Panthers. I, mm. I can't, I can't see the Panthers dropping three in a row. So, I'm going to reluctantly tip tip the Panthers. Shocking call. Shocking call. Um, no, I've gone the same. Um, I think this is an easily. It's. I'm not going to say easily. It's a winnable game for the Warriors with how we've seen. The Panthers aren't at their best, but there's still a few outs from the Warriors in that forward pack. Um, but if two is back and got that short game, I think it is going to make them a bit better. But, yeah, I just don't see the Panthers losing three in a row. Um, we'll really love next Wednesday coming on here and saying how much of an idiot we both are oh, for yeah. getting this one wrong. But, yeah, I have to go with the Panthers. 
I just don't see them losing three in a row, especially after it being the Tigers. I think they're really going to want to come out. Yeah, I'm just hoping that it's a competitive game. I think that's still the the Warriors fan of me going like, if they lose, I want to see it being tight. Um, it's it's having your cake and eating it too there, but it is. And Simon, um, with Paul not here, Simon doesn't have a voice, but he's picked with the Panthers as well. Um, yeah. So yeah. Just hoping that it's a solid game, though. Um, but we will move on to the rest of Magic Rounds. Look at me go. Um, so there we go. So, yeah, first up on Friday, no Thursday night game because of Magic Round. We've got Bulldogs Raiders. Um, I have gone with the Raiders. Kind of why I picked the Dragons last week was I think the Bulldogs don't have enough talent yet. Um, and Simon's gone with Raiders, too. Yeah, of course he would. I went Raiders as well. I just, I think the Bulldogs are decimated, but the um, Dragons just weren't good enough to capitalise on it on the weekend. And I think, I think the Raiders are a bit better than that. Yeah, and um, before we move on, Jacko just mentioned about Warriors game, saying if we can't contain James Fisher, Harris, Yota, and Yo, um, Ivan will send Sonny Luke out um, to set the backs alight, and we'll be in real trouble. Yeah, he's a spark that kid. Um, mm. That yeah, it's a very very possible threat um but yeah next game uh the broncos poor guys they have to have an away game finally um they're playing an away game at brisbane uh against the sea eagles yeah um i've gone with broncos i think they'll be hurting from that loss and manly just look all sorts of trouble at the moment um and playing at home you know broncos love playing at home so playing away but at home yeah so i've got them and simon's done the same yeah, me too. Yep. Uh, we've already covered the first game on Saturday, which was Warriors-Panthers, with all three of us picking Panthers. Yep. Next up on Saturday, we've got Sharks-Dolphins. Um, I've gone with the Sharks because I think Nico's going to put on a nice standard performance, but Simon's gone with the Dolphins. Ooh. Oh, no, I can't. Oh. They've proved me wrong a lot, Simon, but I don't, I don't think I can go that far. I think the, the Sharks won the battle of the... Of the sea animals this this one yeah. so you go on sharks yeah you know, so big win for dolphins here judging by uh simon's picks compared to ours mate yeah um last game on saturday storm rabbitos this was the hardest one for me to be honest out of this whole round oh, um, I've, I've gone with rabbits as well um yeah, simon's right. gone with storm i just yeah. think um i think the rabbitos are looking a bit better at the moment the storm are still a bit clunky yeah 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 i um I'm the same. The Rabbitohs seem like in good form. Storm yeah. not as much, but they're coming off a bye, so yeah, could be close. I think it will be close. It's going to be close. I think, yeah, if either team won, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. Um, because, yeah, they're just both that type of team. First game on Sunday, uh, Tigers-Dragons. Simon has gone for the Dragons. Um, I have gone with the Tigers. I'm done with those bloody Dragons, Richie, but I think the Tigers... Mm-hmm. Um, with what we saw against the Panthers, I think they've got more than enough to be competitive with the Dragons. Um, so I'm hoping the tra- Tigers go two from two. Mm, here's, here's my incoming spike pick. Uh, dragons, <laughs> Dragons. They've, they've they've dropped the dead wood, Zach Lomax, and they're gonna they're gonna put a put a show on. That's another reason why I went with Tigers as well. I think the Dragons aren't going to do well without Lomax, but yeah. Um, I'll probably be wrong again. I, I can't pick the Dragons at the best of times. Um, I see the 
Bloody Paul's little spam bots having a go at Jacko because Jago said go the Tigers. But, yeah, ignore the spam bot. I know Paul's working on it in the background about trying to make sure that doesn't get abusive to you guys like it seems to do. I don't even know what it is. But, yeah, next game, going on the tangent. Roosters-Cowboys. I think this was going to be a tough game at the start of the year. Yep. But easy now. Roosters should win this by a large margin. Um, Simon's picked the same. Yep, Roosters. Roosters. Um, and then the last game, Titans-Eels. I've gone with the Eels, and Simon's gone with the Titans. Simon's getting ballsy that far ahead of us, Richie. He can afford to. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to say Eels, but yeah, I don't think it's um, I don't think it's going to be a runaway victory. Eh? I think the, no. Titans at, the Titans at home, if they defend, could scare the Eels, but Come on, I'll they're say, not at home. They're down the road, but they're not. Yeah, at home. yeah, it's pretty much home, mate. It's pretty much home. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll say eels though. All right. So yeah, we've only let's we'll do a quick glance over it. Raiders, we all picked. Broncos, we all picked. Panthers, we all picked. And Roosters, we all picked. So we have got four games where we all agree. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Interesting. I'm ho- I'm hoping it's a good round. I know there's been a lot of talk about magic round and people are like, uh, it's it is what it is, um, but yeah, I'm. I always look forward to it. I just, yeah, um, I, I'm hoping eventually we get the magic round moving around, and it still becomes a yearly thing. But it kind of becomes the Super Bowl of the NRL, where you know a yeah. different city picks it up. It's not going to happen anytime soon, but yeah, be great to see. But um, this is where we bid Jacko goodbye um, as we quickly go into Super League. Um, so. Hope you enjoy Magic Round, Jacko, and um, see you next week. Um, no game, um, no games in Super League over the weekend. Um, I did try to look up some news, but I didn't find anything really interesting. I'm sure Simon will probably pop something up for us, but I've got the preview for Round 10. Um, or I think it's Round 10, um, or it might be Round 11. I get it mixed 11. up. Yeah, It's 11, sorry. So we've got Hull FC versus Wigan, um, Leeds versus Salford, Warrington versus Wakefield, Hull KR versus Huddersfield, Lee um, versus Castleford, and Catalans versus St. Helens. I can say Huddersfield that way because Paul's not here. Um, <laughs> and uh, Simon's just said about Magic Round, he would actually like the Magic Round to split between Brisbane and the Gold Coast. Yeah, they're, they're still a, a close enough reason. So, yeah, I, I just think a lot of it, we, we'll see how well it goes, but there's a lot of concerns about Suncorp's um, field surviving. Um yeah, I, I don't know if it will or not, but time will tell. But um, anything else you want to add? Uh, I know we've almost gone two hours, Richie. Paul's going to oh, be furious. Yeah, this is probably pushing the record books for us. Um, yeah. No, just thanks to everybody for for the chat. Yeah. Really good yeah. as always. Thank you, Brad, for donning the producer's hat and doing a good job. Yeah, I try. I try, mate. Um, yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, Thank you for tuning in tonight and joining us on the standoff for Brad and Richie. For your weekly update on Rugby League, tune into our show at 8 p.m. next week on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you want to go. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Cheers for joining me again, Richie, and good night, everyone. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.